You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. And today I am broadcasting from cold but sunny Atlanta, Georgia. I am so excited and grateful that you made a decision to join me from all over the world. And I know that you're listening. You've been drawn to this broad to this podcast because the Spirit of God uh, has drawn you here so that you can really receive the downloads, the insight, and the revelation that you've been praying and seeking. Well, I hope that you are having a great week, and uh, I'm going to say happy Valentine's week, even though Valentine is behind us. You know, every day should be a day of love, uh, but it has been a great week for me. Well, I have a great show for you. Uh, Dr. Gary is going to be talking to us about love. But he has done so much research on love. So if you're single, he's going to be talking to you. If you're married, uh, he's going to be talking to you. If you're looking for love, he's talking to you. If you're trying to get over a broken heart, you are the one, baby. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, I just have a couple of things I want to share with you. You know, this week is my uh, Attracting Love, Money, and Abundance in Your Life seminar here in Atlanta. Uh, it's going to be from 10 to 3. And I'm really going to help you take an in-depth look at your inner issues, your beliefs, um, your blueprint Okay, I got that out. Blueprint <laughs> around money and love in your life, your beliefs, and helping you to create a new paradigm. You know, you can never create outside of your paradigm. Uh, I tell people, if you want to change the outside, change your consciousness or your paradigm and your life will change. So you're going to be around like-minded people. Just imagine connecting with great like-minded people great communication. You're going to feel like you're a community, a family, great intimacy, only 10 people. And that is purposeful. Uh, you're going to be sharing a lot and there's going to be a lot of support and you're going to have accountability. You know, my last session, that group, they started their own support group after uh, the seminar ended. And so it's only $99. You could go to my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Uh, it's something very magical and powerful that happens when you're in a group. I would love to meet you in person. I always say, if you live in North Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, where else? South Carolina, two hours away. Hey, you can drive here. Get your mindset changed, drive back home and be in your own bed, happy and blessed, you know, at the end of the day. Additionally, uh, the Law of Attraction Radio Network is really excited because there's going to be a new movie coming out. It's the secret movie. It's really the secret part two, Dare to Dream, starring Katie Holmes. And y'all know who Katie Holmes is, and it's going to be premiering across the U.S. on April 17th. And so they contacted the network to really promote and advertise the program. So I can't wait to see see what that movie is going to be about. And additionally, make sure you follow me on social media, Instagram. I see some of y'all's new faces. Come on, guys. On Instagram, it's LOA Constance. And on Facebook, it is Coach with Constance. I'm going to be starting uh, soon uh, an online coaching group. 
That's all I'm going to tell you. We're working on it. Christy and I, my social media, brilliant-minded person, we're working on it. Is there anything else? Yes, while you're on my website, um, just check out my other coaching packages. Just had someone to fly down this week for a VIP all-day coaching luxurious session with me. And he said, wow. I just did not expect this much. And uh, his life was radically changed. And of course, when you fly down to see me, after you go back home, you still have some sessions that I'm working with you with. So you fly down, you spend the whole day with me. I treat you like you're a king or a queen. We're in a luxurious setting and you leave with a a plan of action, a baby step plan of action to move you from where you are to where you desire to be. So while you're on that page, make sure you take a look at that. And I am thanking you in advance for your donation. You know, people are so generous and kind. Just this week, I had two people to anonymously pay it forward for someone who really needed the help. And so I got an email and somebody asked me about that. So what you're doing is you're purchasing a coaching session for someone who may not have the money right now. And I always say I had so many people that paid paid it forward for me. And uh, wow, what a blessing. Uh, you would be to the life of someone else. And when you're on my website, of course, you can see my cash app name is dollar sign Constance Arnold. If you choose to go that route or you can go uh, through the PayPal route. So I'm thanking you in advance for that. And man, I think that is it. Can I think of anything else? Email me your your manifestations and let me know how this show is changing your life. And then make sure on your own social media, you share about my show. Just copy the URL, put it on your um, social media. Tell your friends, hey, this show would change your life. And uh, my goal is just to impact the world as much as I can. All right, everybody, I'm going to these quick commercials and then we're going to be back to hear Dr. Gary. He's going to teach us about L-O-V-E. Stay tuned. Do you have an upcoming event where you need a dynamic speaker? Constance Arnold is a sought-after keynote speaker that will enlighten the entire audience with proven strategies that are aligned with your organization's vision and mission. An experienced speaker for major Fortune 500 companies, Constance has entertained audiences with inspiring change. Constance would love to make your next event an extraordinary success. Contact her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. For the past 30 years, Constance Arnold has coached clients globally in the areas of relationships, wealth, and career. Her vast clinical background gives her extraordinary understanding of human behavior to accelerate manifestation. Every coaching client receives proven action plans to create change from the inside out. Constance will be right by your side. Talk to her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. Hi, everybody. I'm back, and it is Love Week, Valentine's Week, and we have the love doctor in the house. I just gave him that name. Um, my very special guest is Dr. Gary Salyer, and he is the author of Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love that You Deserve. Boy, he's done a lot of research over the years that he's going to share with us and really uh, talks about how our brain is impacted and the role that our past relationships and even what our brain does uh, and how it's it changes once we change our beliefs etc so we're so blessed to have him so dr gary welcome back to the law of attraction radio network thank you constance i am so happy to be back here it is uh, what, what, uh, an honor and a joy. <laughs> you know i'm calling you the love doctor 
and um, I want you to tell our listeners just a little bit more about who you are and your work, and then I have a ton of questions for you. Okay. Well, I'm Dr. Gary Sawyer. I work with singles and couples, and I help them rewrite the rules of love in their brains so singles can have a a loving part, a soulmate beside them at night rather than a lonely pillow. And if they're couples, they can get past that raging argument that keeps coming up so they can get back to the love they signed up for. Oh, I love that. I love that. So you were on before, and I know a lot of listeners purchase your books because I know a lot of my clients, I encourage them to get your book. So give us a summary of what you know about love, um, our love style, the role that our brain plays in all of that, and what our rights are. Okay. okay, so that's a lot. So let, let me give that you that. That is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> sort of sounds like a doctoral exam. Just <laughs> five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but basically, you know, I asked the question, you know, attachment theory. You know, for me it was like, you know, I looked at all these people married 40, 45 years who were in good marriages, the ones that really do love each other, you know. And I go, how are their brains different than those of us who have had a couple of divorces like myself and, and all that? And I dedicated my life to understanding how we can help people get their brains to operate the same way. And uh, I, attachment theory is the science of intimate relationships. It's really the science of how your brain gets wired for love uh, in whatever way that is. Sometimes it's good and we know sometimes we attract less than good. Uh, attachment theory says there's three, basically three types of people. There's a fourth one that would say to get into more of the clinical stuff. But the, you have the secure that, you know, are comfortable being married, uh, being, I shouldn't say married, being committed, um, you know, and being dependent on and depending on somebody else. They usually pick pretty loving partners. They're emotionally present and they expect to be emotionally present. Say they take no BS and they give no BS. Mm -hmm. These are the ones that get together and they, they forge pretty good pretty good partnerships. Then they're the anxious. The anxious were the ones that got some attention usually early on. Then it wasn't. There it was, there it wasn't, there it was, there it wasn't. And some part says, I'm gonna lock that thing down. Right? Mm -hmm. And 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 it it the brain gets into what's called a fight response. It's hyperactivated. And it says, how do I get this thing? And their worst fear is, when does love go away? And so they're the ones that are saying, well, why didn't you text me back in 10 minutes? Uh, where were you last night? Do you still love me? And their worst fear is, when does love go away? Uh, they're preoccupied with their own past pain. You can, they have a hard time actually attuning to other people because they're so much about themselves sometimes. And the worst fear is that, way, that love will go away and they usually drive it away. Then there's the avoidance, and avoidance are people that um, they had less than a lot of really good attuned responses as a child. Usually this is childhood, sometimes it can be later on. Uh, a really bad marriage can do it too, um, or a long-term, uh, several bad relationships. And they're afraid of depending on someone and being dependent on. Sometimes they're not very emotionally uh, attuned, uh, you can be with them and feel like they're in the next, right beside them, and it feels like they're on the next planet. Um, and they uh, are uh, hyper, they underplay everything. You, They don't believe in a uh, commitment much. And if they are, they'll get married sometimes, but, you know, they're more committed to their, their job. So those are the avoidance. And if you're anxious or avoidant, if that sounds like you, uh, just remember your brain took the best deal available at some time. Uh, at one point in time, it was very good that you did. For instance, you know, in, I, I had more of an avoidant stuff going on with me earlier in life. Now, early on in life, I had a borderline mother. And if you were caught in the same room, uh, you could get bounced off a wall. Wow. So staying by myself at four really looked like a really good deal. <laughs> but it's not so good when I'm, you know, 30 and I'm married and my wife is complaining I feel lonely and abandoned, <laughs> right? It's not so good. But at four, it was the best deal. So what I said was, how do we get these anxious and um, avoid? How do we retrain anyone with that 
who, who has that patterning, so their brain is safe to love in a secure way again. And what I found out is that early on, this, we know that babies, from the time they're one years old, you can separate from their mothers. It's an, a famous experiment called the strange situation. Uh, and at, uh, if you separate from their mother, based how the, the baby reacts when the mom re-enters the room, you can tell whether they're secure, anxious, or avoidant, and that will track pretty much for the rest of their life. So the question is, what tells a one-year-old baby is loved? Whatever is telling that baby they're loved is the bottom line truth for how people are wired. Because, wow. now, yeah, that's really interesting to step into that, isn't it? And what I know, well, if you think about it, the prefrontal cortex, the stuff that's right behind your eyes, um, that's not online yet. So there's no identity. There's no high I'm constants. Uh, there's no story. Uh, there's no lim you know, limiting beliefs, if you heard those, because all of that comes on at three. Uh, the only thing running is feelings. Mm. And so the only thing that running is feeling, which feelings? And what I argue in the book is, if you look at some various uh, research into how babies develop, those four feelings that are our natural GPS, it's our natural compass for knowing when we're loved or not, is do we feel welcomed with joy? Uh, you know, that's like, good morning, Constance, right? Or, uh, you know, you wake up next morning and, and you look at your, your loved one, and you go, good morning, handsome, right? That's welcome with joy, right? Right. There's worthy and nourished to reach out to have your needs met. We're... It's okay to say, I need something, and they're actually tracking the needs, and, and you, they're going to turn toward you. They're, they're making a list of your needs and your likes and preferences, and you're more likely to be able to receive as well as just to give. Not just give, but give and take. Then there's, uh, there's cherished and protected. That's when the baby is a toddler and, you know, they're walking around. They don't want mom in the room but the, or dad, but, you know, they want to play by themselves, but they want to make sure mom and dad stay in the room and watch over them They want to, because they know they're vulnerable. And later on, that translates, I get to be a me and a we. And so cherished and protected, and the other one is empowered with choice. If you're feeling, and just if you're out there listening in, think about any relationship you've ever been in. If you're in one now, use it, say, one to ten. How welcome with joy do I feel? One to ten. How worthy and nourished do I feel to reach out for my needs? Uh, one to ten. How cherished and protected do I feel? And one to ten. How empowered with choice do I feel? I guarantee you, if any of them are under a seven, seven or less, you're thinking, oh, we could use a little work there. If two of those feelings are under a seven or less, you're thinking, we got some problems. What's the best friend's therapist number? And three or four is a toxic relationship. So that's <clears throat> that's your brain's natural. And if we can get <clears throat> make people's brains safe, feeling welcome, safe to feel worthy to reach and worthy to reach out, cherished and empowered, then their brains automatically choose better partners instead of constantly choosing Mr. Wrong or uh, creating painful patterns. Because a brain that knows deep in its core it, it is worthy doesn't choose a taker. A brain that feels empowered doesn't choose someone who's going to dominate them. It's just our, these are reference feelings. And whatever feeling you were given is how we navigate love. So if you were given unwelcome or unworthy or not cherished or disempowered, your brain will use that too. And the trick is to, to swap out those old feelings, those old reference feelings of unwelcomed or unworthy or not cherished or disempowered so you can feel welcomed and worthy. And those give us all those six rights we talk about. So I, I, unless you want to get into the six rights, the six rights, real quick, welcome with joy gives you the right to exist. Worthy and nourished, gives you a right to reach out for your needs. Cherished and protected gives you the right to be a me and a we. This is the one that allows you to be a real couple and not just two people in the marriage doing their own thing or two people in a partnership that, you know, are more interested in themselves and are always getting in a war. Empowered with choice 
gives you a right to create your own experience and a right to assert. And when you add all four of them up, it gives you a right to love and be loved. So that's wow. the book. And I, I talk about the feelings. I track all these feelings from crib to couple. And I even give skill sets for how couples and how singles can give that, whether on a date or in a relationship. You know, as I listened to you talk, I was thinking, this man needs to be on the stages of the world because you and I both know that people are really struggling in relationships. And just listening to you talk as a therapist, in my thinking, I'm like, yeah, that is real truth. It is true uh, because we have a culture that isn't all that great at it. Uh, I was just thinking today, you know, if you stop to think about it, we have a culture that really, there's an epidemic of unworthiness out there. Mm-hmm. Internet dating, uh, you know, uh, you go out there and uh, there are so many choices. And I have had men tell me they're, when a woman goes to the powder room, they're afraid they're going to get on Tinder and find out if someone else is better than uh, them. And, and they leave the date in 45 minutes. I've had women tell me, you know, you, you got a, a date all set up and suddenly they don't show up because somebody else shows up behind the scenes, right? This this whole culture of choice has made everybody uh, really weary because everybody is kind of getting one bettered, <laughs> right? So true. So do you, you know, unless a person has healed inwardly do you even recommend we're going to deal with married folks in a minute but for singles do you even recommend that they go online should they be searching for love or should they just be in love with themselves and with life and love will come to them well there is some truth a lot or that you you need to love yourself but i almost never say that constance to my clients you know, to tell somebody that has never had a right to feel welcome to love themselves, they don't have the feeling. <laughs> what I say is, give yourself back these rights. Give yourself back these four feelings. People that feel welcomable and worthy and cherished and empowered uh, will naturally more likely love themselves. You know, so it's about restoring these four feelings and all your rights. So you take no BS and give no BS. Um, all of these feelings translate into ways of being in the world. And, and, you know, there's that law of attraction. If we didn't feel welcomed and we have that feeling, who are we going to attract? People that aren't very attentive. They're always on their phones or whatever else, right? Um, nothing is, that's where a welcome shows up. How many times have you been out on a date or you're with somebody and they pull out that phone or it's sitting right there by the napkin? waiting for that text message right that that's not very welcome or worthy <laughs> it's, right? it's it's rude i was with someone and you know we were just friends and he was on his phone and i told him i said wow it's time for me to go because obviously you don't value and or honor me he said oh Constance, i'm so sorry you know business and i just took my little behind back out to my car And, you know, he said, wow, he said you were completely right because uh, I didn't feel honored and valued. And I know who I am. So that's why I made my little exit. (laughs) Yeah, that always reminds me of the Christmas Carol where Marley says to Ebenezer Scrooge, humanity was your business, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, I always, uh, unless there is an absolute weird, there really is a legitimate emergency going on. I turn my phone off. I just put it on airplane mode. It's time. I That next 45 minutes or an hour is with a friend. That's me and their time, right? And uh, it, that's part of why people feel so unworthy. There's a lot of, uh, of attention being grabbing our attention and pulling them elsewhere. And one of the core fundamental principles of love is, is how well do we deal with each other's bids for attention? Now, this is bottom line. It's like the dollar bill on the attachment call. You know, mm-hmm. but how well your original caretakers uh, respond to your bids for attention and support, and it's this way with couples too, right? That determines whether you're anxious, avoidant, or secure. 
And we have this, all this social media, and we have an iPhone that is like, a, a, it sucks the energy out of our ability to give bids that are congruent. It, here's a little thing for couples. If you're in a relationship, there's something called bids for attention. And 86% of the time that secure people in a relationship, they will turn toward each other's bids for attention. Oh, look at that bird out there. Yeah, that's a pretty bird. That's a bid for attention. But the people that don't do so well, either the anxious or the avoidance, they tend to turn towards each other only 33% of the time. The rest, of, that means that two thirds of the time, they're either turning against like, well, what's that bird about bird brain? That would be a turn against. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, uh, or a turn away is just like not noticing, not saying anything like, uh, you still got any pepper over there? That would be a turn away. Think about it. All this attention going out so that we are not present with each other. And those bids and our brain is tracking that. So it's really important these days to to notice that when we're with somebody, if that phone is getting the attention, it is uh, no different than a little baby that is, you know, uh, our brain that's always around five years is noticing I can never get their attention and it doesn't feel good we don't feel welcomed or worthy yeah that's powerful so what about someone who's married i'm talking to couples now and maybe they've been married for a while and the uh, one partner might be like emotionally unavailable what can the person who's healthy or or healed inwardly can they do anything to influence or to shift and change their partner. Oh, <laughs> you know, wonder <laughs> we could just up and change our partner. Now, a strategy, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, that what? was that was a question that one of my friends uh, wanted me to ask you, and uh, and I know that a lot of people are in relationships where the partner is just emotionally unavailable. Now, okay, I I have gotten a lot of couples over the years where one is not available and one is. This is your classic anxious and avoidant. And even if, and what we know from research, if say the person was secure and they and they accidentally picked an avoidant partner, they will become anxious. There's research for this. I mean, mm. this because they're not getting their needs met, right? You know, at that point in time, if that's really the case. You're not feeling welcomed or worthy, maybe not even cherished either, or certainly not empowered, or you're getting back. You have no ability to feel like you can share influence when somebody is emotionally uh, distant. You can. It is okay to sit down and say, honey, um, I love you, but I need you to come in and do the deep work. And I'll, if they won't, um, after you've said, asked enough times and you say, uh, it is you have to be empowered enough to say this doesn't work Mm -hmm. Uh, if we're going to make it this has to change or you need to sleep on the couch for a week until you get the message (laughs) you know subtle message there you know yes when it a lot of times um if you know this is all complex i mean i wouldn't say that the first Mm -hmm. three i was dealing with a couple but at some point, if it's a one-up, one-down relationship where the, 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 the person that's emotionally avoidant, it's working for them. At one time, being safe wasn't, uh, me being close wasn't safe, okay? Uh, for instance, uh, let's look at one couple. They're in the book. She had more of an anxious. Now, both of them, interestingly, had uh, what I call a split right to separate and belong. Early in life, the uh, the wife um, was you know the, the the parents were never available they were always traveling always moving and she never felt she could belong to the we and she was dying to belong to we she just wanted a man to build a we with right meanwhile back at the ranch she's attracted and marries a man who also had a split right to love and be like she had way more right to be a me and wanted to be. Uh, in a week, he had a very invasive mother who was always in his face, never allowing him to be himself. He so too much we, right? 
mm-hmm. and was dying to get out <laughs> so he could create his own experience rather than being engulfed and enmeshed. So every time she pursues him, he has to get away. Now, at that point in time, he, it's, his brain isn't safe because I will lose myself. Mm. He, and what we had to do was to give him a right to feel empowered in a way. The moment we gave him back, because for him, if I'm a we and I belong, then I, am not, I will lose myself. Once we got him to be safe in a weed, then she didn't have to pursue, and then he had the freedom he wanted. Then they started spiraling up. We also had to get her safe with being a me, so that if he did go on a business trip, she her anxiety wasn't driving her to do things that you know a secure person might not. So we had to work on their safety, give them both back a right to be, to belong in a in a in a secure way. And then suddenly they could create a we together. Now, that's how it should work optimally. But say he had, it's at some point in time, if he's saying, nope, not going in, he's one up. At that point, it's you have to empower the one that's one down, often the woman in our culture, uh, to say, this isn't going to work. And the stair step is, um, I know you love being in the bedroom, but there's the couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if doesn't work then maybe we need to separate now i wouldn't be that wouldn't be my first thing i'd lay on you if you're listening out there but you have to invite them and say this isn't working and we need to change this well well, you know one question that i have for you is that this is valentine's week and Mm -hmm. this is a single person that wanted me to ask you this and 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 uh she said you know all you see are just the candy and the love all around so she wants to know why is it that she's been believing for love and really visualizing and affirming but nothing has happened oh okay yes and just to say so the the visualization method right mm-hmm. okay or yeah i i i I've written about this. Uh, just uh, Now, the thing is I want to say about Valentine's Day is I've worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of singles and, I, and couples, and I have only met a few that met around Valentine's Day. I know Hallmark loves it, but th- if we're looking for a soulmate, a soulmate has a certain time, and there's 51 other weeks of the year, <laughs> 11 more months that the soul wants to work. I mean, I, I just put uh, put out uh, to my email list that this is the second of 12 months this year that love wants to be honored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, so don't put don't put too much emphasis on this. It's like Christmas. It puts if you put too much pressure on yourself, you know, there's no. I mean, there's no reason to think that your soulmate has to show up between you know right now February 1st and February 14th. There is a higher self, and most people, there's a a higher self. Now, to get back to what's visualization, say, let's let's look at that. Uh, Let's get get out that vision board. We put down all these little feelings of, you know, these images, Uh, closeness, flowers, all those other things. But what if some part of you didn't, was that originally didn't get a right to say uh, feel empowered with choice. You didn't get a right to to create your own experience. And some part say some part says, boy, I have to pull away to create my own experience. All those pictures of a really close couple walking on the beach are scaring that thing to death. That feeling. Mm-hmm. So it's these inner feelings. It's not the, the pictures per se, but the feelings that are underneath the picture that will run the show. That is so true. And I think that's such a truth, you know, that a, a lot of, of, of listeners and, and people miss because they think it's the vision. So it's the feeling of being cherished and protected and the feeling of being worthy and nourished. That really creates the vibe. That's very powerful stuff that you're sharing, Dr. Gary. 
Yes, and, and it has to be safe. The, the art of what I do with clients is uh, I, I to find as close as possible the exact moment the brain took being in a we off the path or taking your voice off the menu. You know, at some point in time, uh, no brain gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to screw with my master today. I'm going to take away the right to speak my truth. I'm going to take away the right to reach out and ask for me. No brain does that. It, at one point in time, it took it off because it was the best deal available. Uh, another example of how this works. I was working with a couple. And we were working. She never felt cherished and protected. Uh, and certainly he didn't either. Now, in this instance, you know, uh, I, I was having them. I did this exercise where I put a, a rope that's in two circles, one rope and consensus sizes. I have the spouse sitting there and it's like, I want you to step inside your spouse. And then the other rope is just, just being on themselves when they think about themselves. And when I had him step into, metaphorically speaking, you know, his wife to really feel what she's feeling, he had his face literally went white. Hmm. Uh, he like lost all color, his head goes back, and it looks like someone who's having a phobic response. And at the moment, the, uh, I said, what's going on? And he says, this doesn't feel safe. Hmm. I says, uh, you know, it, it says, I'm afraid. I said, what's going on? I said, Sir, let me work. He said, I'm afraid I'll get swapped out. Hmm. If she gets to know me, she'll swap me. And guess what? When he was a kid, his mother would swap him out for other people who, who she thought would um, internally, through various ways, uh, that she thought would represent a better son. So uh, she would kind of badly compare or confuse him with an, uh, a couple of his brothers. And he never got to be himself if he was truly known. The only reason he got known was in order to be swapped out for somebody else. Now, if you give him a right to love and be loved, you can put pictures all the of couples and being closed and but that feeling is is there and it was running the show. We had to take care of the exact flavor was I will get swapped out. He had to find out we had to get him safe with being known. Mm. Now we could put pictures up on the bill. Uh, 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 we could put big billboards up with all sorts of cool pictures and the brain would be safe. Otherwise we're scaring the living daylights out of this brain. Now, a lot of people heard it was visualizing, and visualizing is good for some motivational techniques, right? But it's not so good. Uh, uh, but feelings are really the motivation. If you don't have the feelings, the pictures are irrelevant. And it's these early feelings that are driving the show, not the pictures we make. Oh, that's prefrontal cortex. This is the deep stuff. Mm. And, and so I was on a panel the other day, and somebody uh, asked me what 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 did I what would I think would be the number one thing that people needed to recognize or do? And I would say, identify your unresolved childhood stuff, and found and find out how it's directing and and impacting your choices and your behavior. And, and when I hear you talk, you know, and you talk talk about how everything that happens in our childhood is really programming our subconscious. Yes, absolutely. And it can be earlier relationships too. I mean, if you spent fifteen years in a really bad relationship, research shows that can profoundly affect you too. Then you're you, you can learn. Now it's a little easier to restore it than if someone got it right off the bat. Right, I'll say you that much. But uh, earlier relationships will do it too. Uh, and the point is, is when your brain feels welcomed, you don't put up and you don't choose people like you don't. See, I know you have a feeling of welcome and joy because you didn't allow that guy with the iPhone to get away with it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and my inner child was saying, this doesn't feel right. You know, this is, nah, uh uh I got up and, and walked out. I'm like, wait, I'm too valuable for this. See, now that's, that's worthy. That's, I'm too valuable. But if someone <laughs> comes in feeling unworthy, they probably put up with that. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, so and so possibly somebody who might have felt unworthy would not have given voice to no. wow that doesn't feel good to me exactly like for instance uh years and years ago i had a client that came to me and she felt one of her missing rights was she didn't have a right to feel worthy. You know, she didn't feel worthy. She didn't have a right to reach out and have her needs met. Now, how that translated is the men she she picked were either takers and often married men. Even when she wasn't looking for a married man, if she was trying to make sure they weren't married, they'd turn out to be married because married men can't give you everything you need anything. Anyway, mm -hmm. right? I know that's a default setting now. And when we, and we gave her back uh, a right to feel, you know, worthy and to reach out for her needs. Next, you know, she dropped those guys, and then she picks up uh, a boyfriend that is really giving. And it, when she made a request, was attentive. Now, the funny thing was, is we continued working, and one day she goes, "You know, I, I just want to check something out." She goes, "My my roommate's a taker." Does that got anything to do with the stuff we're working on in love? I go, yes, it's the same right. So when we work on it, as that is that right, that feeling now in love goes elsewhere. And now she gets a better roommate. Then one day she comes to me. She goes, you know, I got to run this by you. She goes, well, in my business, I, I have a problem charging my value. I give away a lot of freebies and a lot of times they don't buy. Uh, you know, or I don't really charge what my coaches tell me I should. Do you think that's got anything to do with that feeling unworthy? I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, so trust by feeling, by changing out one feeling. This is why I argue in the book, love is the operating. She got a better boyfriend. She got a better roommate. She got a better business. This is how we are, how we are geared for love becomes how we are geared for life. Mm. That's profound. You know, this just came to my mind. Uh, some years ago, I, I was dating a guy and um, great guy. You know, we were dating and I really liked him, but he was always late. And he would say, OK, Constance, I'm going to be there. Let's just say at six and he wouldn't get there until 630. And I'm just an on time person. And 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 my uh, vibe is. You know, when you're on time, that means you honor, cherish, and value that value that person. You know, so yep. if you if you get caught up in Atlanta traffic, that's one thing. But if every time you say you're going to be here at a certain certain time, you're not. So once again, here I go. I'll, this you bringing all this out of me, Dr. Gary, and I tell him I said. I'm not going tonight. I said because I feel like that you all you're always late, and uh, it's like when you give me your word, you're not doing what you say you, you were going to do, and I don't feel valued. So, well, I can tell you have a, a pretty good right to assert, Constance. Oh, you know? and and that gets back to like the what woman said. You know, what happens if this guy's emotionally present? You know, now this is advice, right? What if she, the person that, that asked that question, what if she doesn't have a real good right to assert? That advice I just gave, if she doesn't have a feeling of part, she's not going to say it because all the safety protocols are, you know, or she won't persist in that, yeah, this is what I really want, right? Uh, and uh, so even though that's good advice, right? It may be that she needs to go work on feeling empowered so that she can she can create more of her experience because this guy's creating the experience for her. This is why these feelings, even though you give the coaching and the advice, if you can't do the transformational work underneath the coaching, good luck. Just good luck. So I mean, true. you know, it's like with the woman that I told you about that got a better business. It wasn't like, you know, three or four business coaches hadn't told her to raise her rates. That she was she was lowballing herself, but she didn't have a right. And when and you know, if the best business coaching in the world is working on these four feelings, uh, I have business people come to me sometimes uh, that refer clients because they're, they're in a fifty thousand dollar high powered business coaching, uh, coaching, and they're not doing it because they don't have the right to do it. I mean, if, say a person doesn't have a right to love and be loved, they will have a horrible time. Uh, stepping on stage and creating uh, 
a raving fan club. They just, because they, they don't have a right to love them. Or they'll get, have you ever seen people when they go up, they give a good speech, people are clapping and they soon, they walk off the stage as soon as possible. Like, you know, those right. are, I have found in my own work that the, what's, that it goes, tracks back to an attachment thing where they don't feel lovable. So they, they can't take in it. So it's hard for them to truly build a raving community around them because they don't have the right to love and be loved. These things I talk about in the book, uh, they go everywhere. They go everywhere. Wow. Uh, you know, and as you're talking, I'm just thinking about people who are in business. I was uh, I was speaking at a conference, and this well-known celebrity, she got up, and she, she was really good, and then she said, oh, by the way, my books are over there. And just sort of like a days ago, just said they're over there. And after the uh, after she spoke, I told her how powerful she powerful she was. I said, "Can I ask you something?" I said, "I said uh, you didn't seem very excited about your books." And then she said to me, "She said, what do you see in me?" I said, "I see a woman who really doesn't feel worthy." and and doesn't think her work is that great and is not even charging enough money for those wonderful books that you have over there and she said you know you're just so right because there was no value on the fact that it had taken her two years to write those books oh yeah oh yeah and and so yeah there you have again you can you can coach that all you want to and that's the way it is with uh, like, for instance, you know, one couple came to me and he seriously needed to confront his ex-wife over some patterns that was affecting his, his, his new relationship. But he had no right to assert, no right to create his own experience, no power. What does disempowered look like in 26 years of his first marriage? The man never initiated sex one time. That's pretty disempowered for most men. Yeah. Right? So how was he going to stand up to her? We, we couldn't, I couldn't just give him communication skills. Couldn't teach him any nonviolent communication or anything like that. We had to work first on that imprint of an overbearing father that he had no right to assert. Then he could, he could stand up and then she felt cherished and protected. Then their marriage, their engagement works and now they're happily married. You gotta work on the feeling first. Um, put it like this, the, a, a story that uh, I don't know if I told it last time, probably didn't. Uh, let's look at the welcome with joy. That's a beautiful thing. Okay. When I was like 25, 26, I, I was speaking in my hometown and there was my third grade teacher, my all time favorite teacher sitting over there, retired on the right side. I'm going, oh my God, she's in the audience. And we talked. And she was like, <clears throat> oh, you want to be a PhD? Oh, great. You know, uh, you know, and I found out that me, both me and my sister, my younger sister, had the uh, uh, same third grade teacher. And now my mother, I, I mentioned her book, she had borderline personality disorder. Welcome with joy is not what a lot of borderlines do well. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and Kim took after her. I, you know, I took after everything else. I went the opposite way. So Mrs. Graham would, was really good uh, at having guest speakers, and she always had a greeter, a greeter. And, and the person would open the door and say, come on in. So one day she appoints my sister as the greeter. And my sister says, well, how do I do that? And she goes, well, um, all you do is you go up, you open the door, and you smile, and you go, welcome in. Okay. Now, welcome with joy is not the feeling you get around that family I grew up with. One thirty comes, knock on the door. Mrs. Graham nods. Kim gets up, opens the door, and says, well, come in. You know, a different feeling. Mm -hmm. Now, you can give a skill set to couples or singles, but they will inevitably give the feeling that is underneath it. I have given couples skills for welcoming each other with joy, but if they don't, we haven't restored the feeling, 
They'll do it in front of me, but it'll come out in a kind of a snarky, unwelcoming way. Or if you get it, you can't give them skills to meet each other's needs. If they don't feel worthy, you can't give them better ways of creating a we and skills for that if they don't already have the feeling of cherish to give. And this is the key point why the book, I, I always talk about the feelings and then the skills. So many times coaching says, well, you're just a few skills away. But even if you can manage by willpower to do it, the old feeling that comes from early on or another relation will sneak in. This is why the deep work, this book is groundbreaking because it defines the four feelings that uh, create secure love in the first place and maintains it going forward. And if you can track the four feelings in all of your relationships, welcomed, worthy, cherished, and empowered, you're going to love better and be loved better. And of course, at some point in time, the reason the book is called Safe to Love Again is because at one point in time, it wasn't safe reaching out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't safe raising your voice to be empowered. So we gotta, we've got to help your, your brain to feel safe with those feelings again. And then when your brain does it, you just naturally start picking better and creating better in your relationships. And that's the key. And it's deep work. The book doesn't do the deep work. I could never put that in the book. But yeah. it does give people a new reference yeah, it's like a new GPS for love. Well, you know, I reread it again, and I was like, I wonder if he knows how cutting edge this is, and how, you know, I've been a therapist for thirty years, and and how important it is. And like you, you're like you so eloquently said, you know, there have been years that I gave people the skill set. And and they were frustrated, and I was frustrated because it didn't work. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I have I've had therapists for clients' counselors. I've, <laughs> I've had psychiatrists, and you haven't lived until you have a psychiatrist for clients. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Uh, and uh, oh yes, but the thing is, um, these feelings. You know, the reason why marital therapy. Where it's traditional ther marital ther uh, interventions are effective about 28 to 35% of the time. And then there's the relapsed rate, right? Mm -hmm. And that's because you can give people, why do they relapse and why is it only that? Because if you don't work on the feelings, then you they don't have them to give and it's not safe to do these things. So you really can't give somebody um, the right to all these skill sets, like you can look at the Gottman skill set, which I love and I actually teach, uh, but not before I do this. I, I pay attention to how do they feel uh, deep down inside. And if you, and it's these four feelings. The therapists that have worked me have all said to me after four or five ses sessions, my God, what you're doing is just better diagnosis and treatment. Absolutely. Right? You know, I like, for instance, I had a client say, you know, I've been told by um, three or four therapists that I'm a narcissist. And it, and it just honks me off. Well, of course, it right. <laughs> you, know? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now, and, and I listen, I, and now there's no doubt in my mind, I'd already picked that up. Okay. But I don't, but this model doesn't pathologize. And what I said was, you know, we have a lot of labels and most labels and five dollars will give you will get you something to drink at starbucks right <laughs> you know uh, and then i said but what if i told you that regardless of what we label it the bottom line is at one point in time you were not given a right to create your experience mm. you were not told you you could be the master of your own you could be both good and bad strong and weak you you know i said all we're talking about here is a missing feeling and a missing right. That's what's really underneath that term. And that's doable. And it was like huge breaths, like, oh, my God, I am not broken stuff. Right? Mm -hmm. No, it's just, a, it's just an upgrade. Now, I'm not saying it's easy when someone really, truly falls under a narcissistic personality. Of course, 
you know, it's the trip wires are hard, right? But it's a uh, you can actually it's a better way. They you're not you're not setting off all the ball balls and you know bells and whistles, and this this thing is way better. It's just about feeling better and getting safe. Now the methods I use are one you know I can't I don't usually go the, through these on here, but it's it's a resource model, not a pathologizing. I was at a a um, I was invited to a Fourth of July party a couple of years ago. And uh, in a community of people in which about 20 people had read the book Attached, which was, a, you know, a classic book, mm -hmm. right? And it's a wonderful book, one that I like. But it doesn't tell you the way home back. It tells you you're anxious, secure, avoidant. And what one part said, I stopped reading it because it felt like I had a big neon sign above my head that said, screw. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that's what these labels do. And and after they read my book, they go, oh, my God, there's hope. Yeah. That's the other thing our generation is missing. Not only are we not feeling deserving, but we, we, we are a generation that has lost hope that we can actually have love. This is the way back. It's, uh, you know, it's be told you're anxious or avoiding does you no good. Uh, but to be said, hey, there's this missing feeling and we can recover that. Now, that's real hope. That's pragmatic hope and that's what the book is about to, to tell your your brain and your heart there's a road map to finding the secure lasting right to love that was your birthright and you were born with these rights nobody had to earn them right amazing wow i'm just mesmerized by the work and the research that you've done dr gary and uh, i love your book tell our listeners how can they get your book? How can they contact you? Uh, are you taking on new clients? What about speaking engagements? All of the above. Okay. So, yes, uh, I'm, I am taking new clients, and I am open to speaking engagements. That's one of the big things I want to do this year. Mm -hmm. uh, best way to reach me, uh, the book is on Amazon, Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve. But Safe to Love You, just go on Amazon. Uh, you can order through, uh, you know, Barnes & Noble, it's, you know, but you can go to Amazon or you can order it at your favorite local bookstore if you want to support the locals, and we like those people too. Mm -hmm. uh, you go to GarySalyer.com, G-A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R. -E link to the book. There's also... Um, a really cool, uh, you can sign up for my uh, newsletter, which I give a lot of nurture. It's just under love inspirations. And, um, you know, so and you can contact me there. The other thing, too, is uh, I have a new uh, free gift. Uh, if you go to GarySawyer.com forward slash available, available, just like available, like an available man. Um, it's how does, there's a PDF that will be like how to spot an emotionally unavailable man. And I know that some people that have read it, like Ariel Ford, love it. And uh, soon there'll be some videos attached to it. But those are all the ways that uh, you can contact me. And I uh, would love to hear from any of you. And uh, thank you. And if you, if you know that he's got a really cool speaking gig, I love speaking. <laughs> and you're <laughs> awesome at it. And I just want to thank you. And uh, so what would be your parting words for listeners this uh, Valentine week, this love week? What would you say to people all over the world? You know, I would say that no matter what's happened, what's gone wrong, how many divorces, gone twice divorced, that just know you deserve love, a, a, a real love. A love that lasts. And don't let anybody tell you you don't. Don't let any label, don't let any therapist, don't let any friend, don't let any, you know, search engine or, or app or some, uh, you know, horrible response when you some guy just stands you up. No, let anybody take that. You deserve love. Mm -hmm. And take that into your heart. Um, and, you know, it's just a matter of doing the deep work. But just know you deserve love. If it doesn't show up this week, Hey, trust your higher self. Do the work. Maybe they show up in June, but don't let don't. I would also say don't don't freak out about this. This week, love is a long-term project, and 
And let's look at Valentine's Day and try to make every day as open to love as we'd like it to be this and this week. So true. Everybody, make sure you visit his his website and really take advantage of the wisdom and the knowledge uh, that this man has. And um, of course, remember to visit my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com. And as I say every week, uh, I want you to think and say and believe and feel that something good is going to happen to you and through you for others this week. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.